0: Welcome to Frankly Judaic, a podcast that explores cutting-edge Judaic studies research conducted at the University of Michigan. During much of his career as a professor of modern history at the University of Birmingham in the UK, Gavin Schaefer has focused on issues relating to race and immigration. Now, as a fellow at the Frankel Center for Advanced Judaic Studies at the University of Michigan, Schaefer has turned his attention to British Jews and their relation to Israel.
1: Especially through the processes of migration, or as to use the term used by many British Jews and by the state of Israel, by the way they do or don't make aliyah, to go and live in Israel.
0: The topic is personal for Schaeffer.
1: Um, when I was growing up, um, I witnessed many uh, family and family, friends, go off to live in Israel. Um, And it always struck me as an interesting or unusual thing for them to do. And as I've become a historian, and I've thought more and more about migration and the movement of people, but also about Jewish identity and Jewish life in the post-war period, I've decided that it, it, it might be productive to focus on those uh, focus a project on those people who have moved to Israel and on the British Jews that have overwhelmingly decided not to move to Israel, to try and think about what those stories might tell us about what it means to be Jewish in in Britain today um, and what it means to be Jewish in the world more generally.
0: For Schaefer, exploring why some British Jews immigrate to Israel while others remain in England gets to the core of what Jewishness is about. Since the founding of the state of Israel in 1948, Jews have had a choice of remaining in the so-called diaspora or immigrating to the ancestral Jewish homeland, an unusual choice in the context of the history of migration.
1: The history of migration, history of refugees, tells us stories that people are pushed and pulled. But more often, people move because they have no choice. So it's interesting to me that 35,000 or so British Jews have made a decision, for whatever reason that they want to base themselves and their futures in Israel. Um, and I want to explore that as a window into what it means to uh, live as a Jew in Britain, what it means in terms of what it says about Zionism and the state of israel, but but ultimately, perhaps what it says about the concept of migra concepts of migration and of diaspora.
0: To probe these questions, Schaefer says, it's important to understand the history of British Jews vis-a-vis Israel. Starting with the fact that in the early days of Zionism, in the late 19th century, many British Jews were not particularly enthusiastic about the idea of establishing a Jewish state.
1: To many British Jews, as far as they're concerned, they're British. And indeed, they'd fought long and hard for the recognition that they were British. So when an, an ideology arises that says, hey, you actually don't belong here you belong somewhere else that's an idea that many of them think um at best is not for them and at worst it is dangerous and unhelpful and it's only after the creation of the state of israel that the majority of british jews and even by that stage by no means all but by but the majority of british jews um, decide that they will support the state of Israel.
0: Debates between British Jews who supported Zionism and those who questioned or rejected it were often heated.
1: For the Zionists, they um, often felt that British Jews were acting out of fear. The common expression is uh, the order of trembling Zion, that they, that they weren't brave enough to throw in their lot with their international co-religionists and were acting out of um, a determination um, at whatever cost to um, not upset the people of Britain to whom they owed, they perceived their livelihood and their safety.
0: British Jews who opposed Zionism saw pro-Zionists as unpatriotic.
1: As not understanding the closeness and the bonds of Britain's Jewish and non-Jewish, and of perpetuating an idea that was nationalistic and which constructed Jews as a race, which they believed was potentially dangerous and unhelpful. And at best, many establishment British Jews thought that Zionism was a good idea for Jews in trouble in other places. So you could support the idea of a state for Jews being persecuted in Russia or for refugees from Nazi Germany without thinking that it was necessarily a place for you as a British Jew.
0: As was the case for many Jewish communities around the world, revelations about the Holocaust during the Second World War had a major impact on British Jewry's attitude towards Zionism.
1: When British communities and international communities see the devastation that has been wrought on European Jewry. The case that Jews should have their own state becomes much stronger. People who are unsure become sure, and people who are sure become surer. So the British Jewish community, um, led by the Board of Deputies, really begins to unequivocally support the state of Israel during the Second World War.
0: And yet, most British Jews did not move to Israel. Historically, Schaefer says, people tend to migrate for material reasons, for safety or the opportunity for a better life. But for British Jews who did immigrate to Israel, material concerns were not the primary motivation.
1: So when British Jewry move, you do probably get um, and immigration, which is easier to understand in terms of ideology. These are Jews who decide for whatever reason, and there is a, a wide range of reasons, that their future belongs in this different place. And I think that's really interesting because, as I say, it speaks to a broader understanding of where Jews feel they belong and where they feel they don't belong, so that people who had been in Britain for many generations um, might feel suddenly, actually, you know what, Um, this is not really home. Home is elsewhere.
0: The fact that the majority of British Jews have not chosen to immigrate to Israel can be seen as a success story for British Jewish communities, who feel at home in England to the extent that they are not motivated to leave and relocate in a Jewish state. For Schaefer, this raises questions about the nature and meaning of the term diaspora.
1: A question about specifically about what a Jewish diaspora is, about whether that term is even an appropriate term are Jews in diaspora in Britain, or are they at home? Um, And that's the question. Or, Or can they be in some way in both at the same time?
0: As Schaefer notes, the notion that Jews living outside of Israel are mired in diaspora is deeply ingrained in Judaism. Yet the fact that many contemporary Jews do not see themselves as existing in a diaspora in the traditional sense raises questions about the very nature of what it means to be Jewish.
1: Does it mean living in some sort of perpetual spiritual diaspora and not a diaspora in, in the same way that another community would understand it? Or does it mean that what should happen is that Jews should go and live in a specific place? Because the fact that Jews who have a choice, Jews in the West, overwhelmingly seem to resist that conclusion offers real insights into what Jews think that they are and should be especially when it's combined with the fact that that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not interested in Israel or that they don't support Israel, that they just may just articulate their relationship with the state of Israel in a third way, not of hostility and not of moving there, but just of being a friend abroad. And what that might mean and how that might reflect in our approaches to the idea of diasporas and what they do and don't do, I think might be very productive to find out.
0: The notion of a Jewish diaspora, Schaefer says, is also complicated by how common it's become for people, including Jews, to frequently travel and relocate.
1: People move and can move if they're lucky, especially with great affluence and good transport links, so that we may need to complicate the way we understand our thinking about where somebody lives. It could be that somebody lives a bit in London, a bit in Tel Aviv, um, and a bit somewhere else. I think a lot of people do that. They move various points of their lives, they come back. And what does that mean? What does that mean for the State of Israel? What does that mean for the Palestinians? What does that mean for Britain? Because this kind of complexity of movement might well be the future and the way we understand communities
0: in the future. Furthermore, the internet has made it possible to experience Israeli culture by watching Israeli movies and TV shows, listening to Israeli music, and keeping up with Israeli news in Hebrew from anywhere.
1: And vice versa, so that if you're living in Israel, you can watch British TV and you can engage with British culture. So that the idea of kind of, if you like, a, a double consciousness of British Jewish existence might be getting more complicated by the moment because where you are and how you live doesn't, you know, increasingly, there are more options regarding how you live and how you identify because of movement towards globalization and because of the advance of technology.
0: In other words, the idea of diaspora has not remained static. It's changed to reflect the reality that in many developed countries where Jews have thrived, most Jews have opted to not relocate to Israel, but rather to support the country in other ways, such as fundraising and cultural engagement.
1: And I think through those processes of affluent and established... Western communities staying put. The idea of diaspora evolves. It evolves in Israel too.
0: And as Schaefer notes, Israeli leaders have come to see the Jewish diaspora as beneficial for Israel in many ways.
1: So that you could argue that the relationship between ostensibly diasporic nations and the state of Israel has become more even.
0: But British Jewish attitudes towards Israel are complex. Since the Israeli occupation of the West Bank after the Six-Day War in 1967, some left-leaning Jews in Britain and elsewhere have become increasingly critical of Israeli policies. For Schaefer, this can be seen as part of the normalization of the State of Israel.
1: The the State of Israel initially is, to British Jews, a romantic and indeed an essential thing um, in the wake of the Holocaust and in the wake of a longer history of persecution. But 50, 60, 70 years into the state of Israel, the state of Israel is more and more becoming a country like any other. And just like people don't cheerlead for other states, increasingly, I think British Jews or at least some British Jews are feeling the need not to cheerlead for the state of Israel, especially in the context of the occupation and of what some will argue is the violence of the Israeli state.
0: At the core of his research, Schaefer says, is the question of what it means to be a Jew and the extent to which religion, ethnicity, culture, and other factors influence how Jews perceive their Jewishness.
1: And I think that that's an avenue of inquiry which I can engage with through the question of the Jewish community's relationship with Israel. Because here we have an opportunity for Jewish nationality. And the way that Jewish communities engage with that, the way they perceive themselves around that possibility, I think will cut to the core of what Jewishness is and what Jews want their Jewishness to be.
0: That's it for this episode of Frankly Judaic, a production of the Gene and Samuel Frankel Center for Judaic Studies at the University of Michigan. The executive producer of Frankly Judaic is Jeffrey Weidlinger, the director of the Frankel Center. We'd love to know what you thought about this episode, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us some comments. Thanks for listening.